Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four pillars of freedom, time, financial, location, and health. And so today we're going to talk about um, neuro-optimization, uh, Carlin Fisher. And um, she I'll let her introduce herself, but she's a passionate speaker. She's expert on nervous system calibration and uh, would talk about how she uses these concepts to transform her client's life. So uh, Carlin, welcome. Thank you very much. But yeah, I love the idea behind the four pillars and I think they make so much sense. Like you talked about, like they go hand in hand and you can't have one without the other. So what I like to teach my clients is a little bit about how to engineer your mind to calibrate it to reach your goals because what they don't teach you is there's certain processing systems that either choose this way or choose this way, or we can dive into a little bit more, but neuroplasticity actually blows my mind. I think it's one of the most profound underrated things. And it's something that we don't talk about every day. But if you look at even your four, four pillars, it's like, okay, how do we apply that to what we're doing? So we can just keep optimizing ourselves and kind of checking in because Sure, some people can do it, but if you add that extra awareness around your mind and your nervous system and how they impact who you are every day, that's the thing that helps you reach your goals. And that's the thing that you can always be better, that people don't get. You can always, always be better. You can always, always optimize yourself that little bit more to get that extra edge. Mm, that's interesting. And how did you how did you come into this um this field? You know, was it something you did during undergrad grad school or how did you come into this um, when I was in engineering school I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition and I used to play with my fight or flight a lot and I was one of those kids that had like very strong willpower and I could make my stuff study for 16 hours like straight I could like do all these little things that they told you to do or do all these little overachievery things because that's what I was but I, over time, it was like one of my links in my body got run down. And then I kind of started to realize later on, um, I went to yoga school and started taking different courses and started understanding the system. And I started to understand how, even though you're an overachiever, there's ways to work long hours. There's ways to do long things without actually putting yourself into that fight or flight position because we can go a little bit more in depth into it later, but essentially when you're doing that, you're telling your cells 
what's next. And when you tell yourselves that we are running from this threat and it doesn't exist and you're staying worried while you work on a project for 16 hours, like you are depleting your energy source. And a lot of what engineering is, is taking your energy in and your energy out. It's creating systems around machines. It's taking systems around water. It's just all these systems. So in my head, I'm like, after I started to understand this and realize this, there's a way to do it that is engineering. With engineering your mind, it's reprogramming it to essentially be the person that you want to do the thing that you want, whether you're looking at finances, like whether you're a trader, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a CEO or entrepreneur, like there's ways to give you that extra edge. That's an actual system that we aren't utilizing today. Mm, interesting. And give it, what are some um, examples of, you know, systems that you use? You describe, you know, systems around water and uh, I'm curious, like just, you know, you don't have to go into everything, but kind of um, uh, some examples. Okay. So what I think that's a system in engineering, which I think is interesting, is in engineering, you look at flood control. And as you do flood control, I always thought it would be interesting in that we look at flood zone to reroute them. I thought if you wanted to build your house, you just build it wherever you want. And in engineering, we'd say, oh, this isn't a flood zone. Like, what do we need to do to build around this? Like, Let's build some sort of waterway system so that I can have my house here. But funny enough, in engineering, they don't do that. They don't build houses in this level of flood zone. And the only reason they don't is because they said Mother Nature will always win. And which I thought was interesting because I was like, well, engineering, aren't we supposed to outsmart it and do something? And they're like, no, over time, that little pathway, like if you look at a river, how it slowly collects water, it's going to win. So you can build your house there. But over time, it's your system's going to get because you can't win against like mountains and Mother Nature. But if you apply that same concept to your mind and you look at even neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity is your brain's ability to sculpt itself or shape itself from a structural level. So if you look at neuroplasticity, like tire tracks or ruts in the mud, and if you've ever rode, uh, driven down a muddy road when there's tires, eight people have driven down that road before you. You'll naturally go right where their tire tracks are. And if you try to get out of it, your wheel wells will just take you back down that road and you'll kind of keep following it or like a riverbed it kind of collects water and you slope in so your mind is essentially creating a little path and once it forms one it will keep going down that same path and it likes to choose the path of least resistance because it's high functioning so if you understand that your mind once it focuses on, on something and it builds that connection then you can kind of keep going from that frame point but the thing is, is that if you don't understand that you think of what you focus on is random and then you start building pathways in random directions and then you don't know. Like, for example, when I was 19, I didn't know that. And all I knew was from going from um, high school to college, I used to get like 95s or something like that. Right. And then you're with all these five percent of the smartest kids that all come together and then it's a different ball game, and then they give you extra an extra class than every other college student has so you went from your pathways where hey i get everything i ever learned right i'm pretty good at this i kind of will maybe have to study but not the same to being overwhelmed over here but you have more pathways for the one than you do for the other so when you put someone in that situation they're naturally going to panic and they're naturally going to stress but what you do over time to that person is if you don't 
like utilize your stress is I built pathways for stress. I built pathways to like turn on my fight or flight or when I'm studying in that framework, I would be really stressed about it while I was studying. But as you get really stressed about it while you're doing that thing, it's not helping you long term because you're depleting your resources while you're doing it. It's the same with some of your clients with like finance, right? Like if you think about how you don't have money for hours and hours and hours, that's not helping you get money because you're not turning on the center you need to go get money or find money or utilize like something outside of you to find it, right? Because there's a lot of times where you get put in a situation where you can either one, decide, hey, I have nothing. I can't do anything or one where you just find an opportunity, but that's all like a switch in your mind that gets to decide what to see. Right. Interesting. And uh, when uh, what's interesting is um, you talked about uh, being able to function for 16 hours straight. Uh, what like what's what's going through your mind as you do that? As yeah. You do that? Yeah. I think a little bit of adrenaline, right? Like when you're a college kid, you're like, okay, if I don't do this, I'm going to fail. And when you're 19 and you're used to being like that person, you don't fail, right? Like you, you just don't, and, and you don't see failure as like an iteration or you don't refrain fail. You just have never failed. Right. So then when you go here and it's different, you kind of activate your fire flight. Like you have your adrenaline, and your cortisol. So you're, I call it as almost like you're borrowing energy, right? Like you're utilizing energy that you have later. And then you try to go sleep you can't really sleep or you just can kind of find like the willpower to make yourself like sit there like wake up at like 7 a.m and study and then keep going throughout the day and you might eat or do something but you're pretty much like do i want to go take a break no like it's just kind of you sit down and keep going keep going but you're essentially utilizing like that fight or flight resources to keep you there and it's like the fear of your mind of the outcome that's keeping you in that spot right there but if you do that for like days on days on days where you're just like worried and you're not optimizing your mind you're borrowing resources over time or if you look at um, people where they go to like four meetings back to back to back and they're stressed about making them all or they have all these deadlines or they overbook themselves they're staying in their fight or flight all day and essentially when they get off work they're exhausted interesting and uh what is this idea of this nervous system calibration that you talk about because i know um one of my um colleagues and friends she's actually a career coach as well and she's talking about ways of calming the nervous system um describe this to me because it's it's an interesting idea sure so your nervous system is kind of cool because like you don't have a like people talk about mind body and yoga and some people are like oh that doesn't exist but like you don't have a floating head right like your mind connects to your body through your nervous system and your nervous system is essentially sending the responses to your body mm -hmm. so you're always connected there's always from your thoughts there's always something telling your body what to do right mm -hmm. but what they know is that you get addicted to your own emotions and it's from this script and your nervous system cues up these emotions Mm -hmm. So with this script that your nervous system does, it decides to be in a couple different um, frameworks. So it's like fight or flight, freeze, um, fawn, or rest or digest. And most of your day, you want to be in rest or digest. You want to just be like sitting down, doing the tasks you have. You might have like a little stress point that's like, oh, you have a deadline. And you're like, oh, okay, I better do this. Like little stressors are okay. But when you stay in big stressors, what you're doing to your nervous system is you're overriding it. 
and then it stays in that state. So if you ever talk to someone and they say, I can't meditate, it's because their nervous system so jacked up that they can't sit there. So it actually is like a reverse thing because they're addicted to that high of the adrenaline and the cortisol and they can't sit still in that moment. So you have to reset their nervous system a little bit because you can't just tell their mind to calm down because their nervous system is too addicted to that stress point. So you have to do a little bit of calibration with them to help reset it and reframe it. But essentially it is interesting because they talk about like your external environment and how, say, for example, you work with someone in finances and they're always stressed about something, right? They just always find something and you're like, how did you find something to be stressed about? We just finished this thing and you already found that next like stressor instant. What happens is, is when you're addicted to your emotions, you're looking for an external thing that matches the way you want to feel. So you don't mean to, but even on the way to work, when people have road rage, then they kind of get that little bit. And some of it is like, they like their adrenaline or some people like the adrenaline burst of almost being late because it gives them that something like really they say they don't mean to but it's that little adrenaline that they kind of their body is used to and they might not be like yeah I love doing that but there's some little addiction there and then even when people go home from work and they have like a glass of wine and they watch their show and if their show is like dramatic or it has a lot of like in it then they're almost like addicted to that stress response. And then they wake up and do the same thing over again. But what you kind of want to do is you want to calibrate that nervous system to do what you want to do. And you want to be very aware of which state you're in and how long you're in it. Because Mm. for example, like say you didn't leave on time and you have something and you know, you're going to be late. Like you're like, Oh, three minutes late. And you're like, Oh, I could drive faster. I could do this. But if you stay in fight or flight for 30 minutes before that meeting, when you know you have to drive there and you you kind of know, right, essentially, like I might be two minutes late for this thing, you know, and you could accept it. You could probably mess someone. You could do something instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to be stressed about this for the next 30 minutes because I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Because like once you kind of stop that little thing, it can impact your eight hour day and then it can impact you later and keep going and keep going. But like even from a finance point, like people might not mean to, but you might be addicted to the time when you don't have a lot of money in your account, right? Like you can kind of get little nervous system addictions to things like that. You might not want it, but Mm -hmm. something of that little addiction is your body script and it's used to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, it's been an interesting conversation. Um, I like this idea of um, neuro, like neuroplasticity and then calibrating and then um, managing your nervous system, which is really interesting. Um, and I know a lot of the audience would be interested in following you. I know you have a, a YouTube channel and website. Um, how can they follow you and connect with you? Sure. Yeah. So if you are interested in learning more about how to set your nervous system, how to apply neuroplasticity to what you're doing, or even how to actually meditate instead of just giving it a try and saying it's not for me, um, I have a website, which I'm sure he'll share with you. And then I'm new to YouTube, but I'm really um, active on LinkedIn. So if you want to reach me one of those ways and just learn a couple tools to recalibrate yourself, because there definitely is a system and a framework that it follows. It's not random, but it's if you know that system, you can utilize it for you or you can do nothing and it can just be utilized randomly against you. And uh, for the audience out there, uh, Carlin's 
resources will be in the links and show notes. So thanks so much. It's been a really interesting conversation. I'm always interested in these new ideas. And um, so thanks for, you know, expanding on that. And um, for all the audience, you know, check out Carlin's LinkedIn and YouTube and website. So thanks so much. And we look forward to hearing about your future success. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun chatting. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.